Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Frost, and my guest today is Hayley Watson-Greaves. She's an international Grand Prix dressage rider. Hayley's the British Dressage Supreme National Champion, and she has the most stunning horse called Rubens Knight. Hayley's going to share her story, including some tricky times at Olympia a couple of years ago, and how she trains Rubens Knight and her future dressage stars. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. We've been talking a lot about eventing lately. So I thought, hey, you know, it's about time we get back into dressage, which is my passion. I love it. You know, I love the dancing with horses. So today I'd love to welcome Hayley Watson-Greaves. She's an international Grand Prix dressage rider. She has ridden in the Supreme National. In fact, she's the Supreme National Champion in 2017. Great British Nations Cup team winner in Campaign. Is that how I say that, Hayley? Is it Campaign? Uh, Compiègne. Compiègne. See, I was never good at French at school. I knew it was French. (laughs) Sounds a bit like Champagne. Okay. Gosh, congratulations. You you just have so many accolades to your name. So I'm looking at your website as I'm talking to you. And I have to say a huge thank you because we take photos when we go to events. And I've just noticed one of our (laughs) horse hour pictures that I took is on your website. That was from Windsor, wasn't it, last year? Royal Windsor Horse Show? Yeah. Yes. How did you get on there? Yeah, I was second to Car Hester. Congratulations. (laughs) had an amazing time at that that uh, international yeah it was amazing what horse did you ride there that's Rubens Knight and he's my top international Grand Prix horse that uh, he was the team member as you said at the Nations Cup uh, in Compiègne and he's my yeah top horse that I'm a member of the world-class podium potential with and reserved for the Olympics in Rio as well oh wow and reserved for the Europeans so yeah oh. he's uh, he is my number one he's your superstar horse <laughs> he and is, yeah. he is just stunning he's like he's he black beauty isn't he he really is yeah I mean uh, he's he's always had a stunning face and uh, a lovely quirky personality shall we say but um yeah no he's he's definitely a star how old is he He's 14 this year. Um, I've had him since he was two years old. Uh, I brought him off the field. He was uh, a bit of a rescue, I would say. Um, Just he wasn't in a great state when I bought him and uh, brought him back and uh, fed him up a little bit, backed him. He was a bit, uh, he was quite difficult to back because he didn't like, he he absolutely loved me. We just had this relationship straight away where Mm -hmm. he would just look to me for everything. Um, So, yeah. 
I didn't think he'd actually make the dress out of circuit um, because I didn't think he moved well enough at the start. Um, I think he just needed time to grow. When you first bought him at two, how big was he? Ruben's night was uh, 16-1 when I bought him as a two-year-old and uh, yeah, he's now grown to 17-2. So uh, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, you must need a ladder to get up on. <laughs> yeah, <him. laughs> it does feel like that some days. I have to say, um, I've learned to become quite flexible to be able to uh, get up onto him now. <laughs> Can you do when we're young and we've got ponies? We we jump onto them. Have you yeah. managed to do that yet? No, not on him. No, definitely not. I don't think I'd want to. He'd run a mile if I started <laughs> doing that. <laughs> But that must be quite, it adds in extra pressure when you're backing them. That the, yeah. they're Not only are they young, but that is a really long way to fall. Yes, it is. And I have, a, I did actually fall off him once um, when he was five. He, I, it was actually getting on. I got on him and something spooked him and I promptly uh, fell back off him again and got knocked out. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, luckily I, I was wearing a yeah, jockey standard hat, you know, one of those cross-country ones because I always mm. wear a hat anyway. But, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I got knocked out and I can't really remember the incident. It was just lucky my mum was there, uh, just making sure that when I'm on the youngsters that I have somebody on the yard. And, uh, yeah, she had to rescue Squeak and rescue me at the same time. Oh, bless so, yeah, you. Did you end up in hospital? Time. Oh, I, I had to go to hospital just to be checked out. Um, but, yeah, no, I was fine. It was just one of those things, landing the wrong way. But, and it wasn't his fault. And did um, you get your memory back? Uh, over the years, yeah. It's taken a while to actually remember exactly what happened. Um, mm. But, yeah, so... Because I had yeah, the same well. last oh, year. Well. It, in fact, it's a year It's a year this month. Wow. Um, had a had simple injury, fell off the back, as you do, because yeah. you know, everyone <laughs> falls off. I mean, if, if you're going to fall off, you kind of know when it's going to happen, don't you? Yeah. You can kind of move your body a little bit. I had no idea and literally fell off his bottom out the back <laughs> and lost my memory to such oh, an extent. God. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was happening and still even now I mean I thought concussion was bad yeah but this is it this was an insane level of concussion because even now your memory you're still not quite right I'm still not quite right a year later yeah well that, <laughs> oh well I hope I'm quite right do you mean like yeah. remembering what you remembering yeah <laughs> I've never been quite right <laughs> yeah. Hayley I mean <laughs> I can't blame that on the memory on the accident <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's taken a few years to, to come back. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things in a random, random situation and it was nobody's fault. And unfortunately, these things happen in this sport and you just mm-hmm. have to, you know, t- uh, fall off, get back on again type thing. So I didn't get straight back on, though. <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> I was knocked out to the point I was just whining on the floor so uh, yeah well I'm uh, glad you're okay because we hear of these accidents a lot and it's interesting to hear that you wear a hat all the time oh yes yeah definitely definitely yeah that's awesome do you wear a hat in competitions as well yes I do I wear a crash hat um which back in when I first started wearing the crash hat was on uh, uh, Squeak, Ruben's Night who's also known as Squeaky that's his stable name who a lot of people know him by so uh, I'll use that um but yeah, I mean, he because he was quite sharp and spooky, I decided a couple of competitions I wore top hats and then I decided actually, no, I'm going to wear a cra- start wearing a crash hat. And I remember one judge saying to me, oh, is he dangerous? Is that why you're wearing a crash hat? And I said, no, it's just because I care about my head. And actually, mm. you know, you kind of start to think about it when you, you know, when you're riding, you think, actually, why am I, why am I just wearing a top hat that I have no protection with? And because anything can happen, like a freak accident, you know, anything. So, yeah, mm. I always wear a crash hat now. And was it hard in the beginning? Did you feel that people were judging? Because for a long time, a very few of you were wearing crash hats. Yeah, it's all, well, in competition, we used to wear beaglers, which it was 
what we had in BD um, and then into the top hats for uh, advanced level and above. And you can still wear top hats at advanced level and above, but uh, British dressage have brought in rules that you have to wear a, a proper crash hat now for levels below. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I was picked up by a couple of judges uh, saying that, oh, why are you wearing a crash hat? Is he dangerous? So um, this was when I was higher up the level. Yeah, but they didn't judge you. They didn't no. judge you down on that. No, 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 no. Good. No. They're not allowed to do that. Wow. <laughs> Just because you're wearing a crash hat doesn't mean. <laughs> no, it's, it was. Uh, yeah, but of course, then uh, Charlotte started uh, wearing a crash hat as well, and mm. it got quite, uh, you know, wide stream worldwide now. So a lot of us now wear crash hats. So I think it's good. We just need a crash hat that looks like a top hat. Yeah. Well, do you know what they did? Actually, try something <laughs> like that. They had. Uh, a strap underneath to keep the top hat on because obviously in a windy day sometimes if the top hat wasn't quite secure enough it would fly off mm. um so they did actually go down that route of thinking about putting some safety into the top hats but that never took off otherwise bit... it'd be too big and bulky and mm. yeah just probably break your neck yeah no yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who cares about the elegance it's like you know i, I quite like my head to stay on my neck yes. it'd be amazing but nowadays i mean the crash hats are just stunning i mean i'm sponsored by scarf uk and they've made me a personalised uh, British flag hat um, and it looks absolutely gorgeous but also you've got the the safety aspect as well so especially for prize givings with uh, squeaky here I definitely need <laughs> need a body protection probably as well but uh, yeah, how anyway. does he find those does he find it quite overwhelming he used to absolutely love them um, until Olympia two years ago and he trotted in really nice there thought oh yeah he feels really good and then suddenly some something frightened him and he bolted <gasps> and properly bolted and the arena is so small and you I came past a couple of people shouting saying I'm coming through <laughs> um yeah it was quite scary it actually went viral on uh, on Facebook because somebody had taken a video of it um so yeah oh, that's no. on there and then since then he hasn't been 100% so I just try and just take him in do a 20 like try and make it a good experience for him rather than you know trying mm. to get him around the arena he's better with the outdoor shows like Windsor but in the indoor shows he gets a bit worried so mm. I just try and reassure him and just do a 20 meter circle <laughs> bless him well it's mm. so much for them to take in it's, it's it one is. thing when they're you know on their own it's just you and them and the, no one's in the arena and you're doing your tests and everyone's quiet yeah. and polite but when it comes to the when it comes to the presentation especially with olympia it's so electric yeah the atmosphere is insane yeah um now for us lots of things like that happen all the time <laughs> yeah. you know for you it's one day in four years for yeah. us it's probably every time we go to a competition there's a horse across the arena <laughs> yeah. and I find that we get really upset about it and really quite embarrassed yeah how would you say how would you handle that situation if there was a at a competition a horse bolting off or if you yeah if it happened to or you because I me. yeah I see that how did you cope with that were you, you you can't I would say never be embarrassed it's horses no no definitely not but a Definitely lot of riders not. feel feel like they have to keep their horse under control and they feel to blame and they get quite upset by what's happened. Right. Yeah, well, they shouldn't at all. I mean, horses have their own mind. Um, they will do things and they will get scared and anxious. Um, some of them are a bit naughty, but uh, again, you have to <laughs> learn how to deal with that. Um, but yeah, definitely not to get embarrassed. I mean, if the horse is scared, just reassurance and trying to keep it under control in a way that it doesn't get to a point where it's it's frightened. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just have to keep giving them confidence because at the end of the day, they're, they're animals and they do need reassurance from us. They trust mm. us. So yeah. 
And if you can, laugh about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I did um, when I was bolted <laughs> off with uh, once I got it all back under control because I thought you're definitely not leaving the arena, young man, because uh, <laughs> there's a tunnel that you go out of the Olympia uh, arena and, there's, and the tunnel's so small, I would have literally been bowling like I was bowling people if I'd have gone through that gap just as Skittles because he just would have flown through. So once I got it back under control, I did laugh about it. And I lifted my hand up and waved at everybody, <laughs> to which they all laughed at me. And I was like, yeah, this is it. And then when it did appear online, I was like, well, that's, you know, just horses for you. I managed to deal with it. And yeah, I have to say it did take me by surprise. So yeah, mm. um, wasn't expecting him to do that. So again, you know, you just never know, never know. No. So you have bless to- Bless him. It was all a bit yeah. much for him, wasn't it? Was it was a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, bless him, he still comes out the next day and performs and- it's, uh, yeah, amazing how he does that. So Wow. So you don't give him a break after an event like Olympia? Yeah, he does. Yes, yes. But we have, um, in the internationals, we do the Grand Prix comp- competition, mm. which is the qualifier for then the freestyle competition, which dressage to music. Oh, favourite. And if we're placed on both days, we have to go back into the prize giving after the class. Ah. so after the grand prix if you're top eight or ten then you have to go back in for the prize giving and then the freestyle again after the class you have to go in for the prize giving so and then after that it gets a bit of a break so when you're when you're choosing your dressage when you're choosing your music for your dressage music i can imagine you look very bubbly and um quite passionate so i'm imagining something with a big bass and um quite powerful and strong where do you get your inspiration from for your music well, I think um, over the years of watching uh, Anki Van Grimsen and uh, Isabel Vert, who are top Olympic dressage riders and have been to so many Olympics, and Isabel is still competing, and I was only the other day competing against her. It's amazing to watch. And, and just watching those guys and what music they use um, and how detailed. So it's it's not just about what I like as a as a as the music it's about what suits the horse as well because if you mm-hmm. go into uh, I don't know a Lady Gaga tune and your horse isn't you know it doesn't suit that <laughs> and it looks awful um but yeah if you've got a horse with uh, that's got a bit of power behind it and you want to um accentuate the power then uh, you know you want to look for something with a bit of a, a base as long as it's not going to frighten the horse <laughs> oh yeah that's um, true yeah because they can so you feel have to be it very can't they? oh yeah yeah so if you've got a horse that's quite sensitive to music you want to be looking at something a little bit quieter with no base so although i might like you know certain types of music the horse might not like it so it's always mm. good to try to see whether your horse can cope with a bit of bass or cope with um not cope with the bass as it were <laughs> and what what does Ruben's Knight like what's his favorite piece of music well uh, he actually loves his current dressage to music um which is was a an original composition by Chris Lever who's based in Bristol so it's not too far away from me um and I've used that for two years now and that's uh, quite know how you describe it but it, um <laughs> it's I mean the canter's powerful um and the trot is quite elegant so it's not as strong but for his extended trots where he has that power um there's no bass behind it but it's just a beautiful piece of quite powerful music Mm. and yeah I mean I've I've he absolutely when he hears that music he knows it's his and so he's going to be gutted when I change it this year um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah no he absolutely absolutely adores that piece he knows that it's his 
Hayley, I'm just waiting for somebody to come out with a little bit of dubstep (laughs) or a bit of drum and bass thrown in, you know, just to jazz it up a bit because we have become more modern. You know, we're allowed to use pop songs and we're allowed to use vocals, which is exciting. So um, how do we throw in a little bit of 2018, you know? Well, it's always good fun to, to try a bit of uh, that type of music. But again, it's, it's got to suit the horse um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the judges, I think, have got to come up with the times as well, because I think some of the more modern music, some of the judges might look a little bit different at. Uh, but they, they're warming to it, I think. There is a lady on the circuit who uh, she does all the up to date songs mm-hmm. and uh, the judges are quite split. But she loves it and she just looks like she's having a word of time. She competes on the international circuit. And if she's listening to this, she'll know exactly who she is. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's she's sort of changed the view. And the, the crowd love it as well. I think, uh, you know, a lot of it is about pleasing the crowd. Because mm. um, we've got to get behind dressage as a sport. So yeah, and make it more spectator friendly. Mm. Well, um, didn't SAP, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a, a brand lately, this year at Olympia, that you could vote for what you thought and, yes. and you, could be, you could be the third judge. Was it, was it SAP? SAP. I say Spectator. Oh, gosh. I, yeah. It was the Spectator like Spe- Judging app or something. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah it could, I, yes, it is the Spectator Judging app. That's right. And that and was then, brilliant. And people could ju- could ju- could yeah. judge. I mean, because you know we all judge at home. We don't. We shouldn't. We we're not supposed to judge. But we get so engrossed in in what you're doing. And and yeah. actually, I think as spectators, we want you to do well. We're willing you to do well. Yeah. So you can get a na- an, a kind of a view on people's what people think of music by apps like that. Definitely. And I think it's great as well. I mean. Uh, it's at the World Cup qualifiers, which I've just completed the World Cup series over the winter. Every competition, they have the spectators judging. And it's amazing how close the spectators get it to the, to the judges that are around the, around the arena. Mm. Um, and in some cases, they actually have you higher than the judges, which is quite nice. And then at the end, if they've been the most consistent, so out of the spectators, if they're sort of closest to the judges, then they win a signed board with oh. everybody that's competed. So it kind of makes it like a bit of a... A competition in itself but I always say in dressage there's not just your five or seven judges sat around the edge of the arena everybody audience spectators people at home are all judging you as well so mm. yeah it's um it's it's good fun for actually for people to ha- have a bit of uh bit of fun with it really so when you're riding it's huge amounts of pressure I mean you've been all over the yeah. world competed at some of the top you know competed for the country not everyone can say that that's yeah. amazing no. how do you <laughs> How do you not let all that pressure get to you? I think it's, um, I've got used to it over the years and I I completely, I put myself in a zone where it's just me and my horse. So Mm. I'm completely focused on me and Squeak. I have a plan. I think it's really important to plan. So I have a system before I get on and I... I will go and plait him. So that's my little thing. My my groom won't do that. I plait him and then I go and get changed and I take myself out for half an hour and just completely focus on the test and go back and work him in. And yeah, I think it's um, with her, that's actually from help with the world, from the world-class sports psychologist has, has been able to help me gain focus and not mm. be affected by the crowds. Mm. Um, and I think since I was very young, I've never actually got nervous so I think that's a I I like to have an adrenaline kick because that's what gets me (laughs) you know gets me going and I have to sort of psych myself up but um 
yeah, I don't get nervous, so I'm quite lucky in that respect. It's, I think that's such a great idea for you to do something with the horse before, though, because yeah. it's kind of a bit of you time. Like, yeah. you have a little chat with each other and say, yeah. right, squeak, you know, you know your <laughs> job, buddy. This is what yeah. you got to do. And, and it's just having that calm downtime. Definitely. Definitely. I, and before his music as well, I'll go and plat him and play his music to him. And I won't have anybody around me. It'll just be me and him and we can, you know, because it's all about partnership at the end of the day. And, uh, mm. you know, you want to keep your partnership going. And uh, absolutely. Great so let's, in that. let's talk <laughs> about the technical stuff then. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about um, how you get those gorgeous canter pirouettes. Um, okay. Because I can only dream of being able to do that. The only time I get a canter pirouette is when we're spooking and spinning. <laughs> well, that's a good start. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it takes years of training uh, because you have to not only be able to teach them that movement, but uh, develop their muscle as well. They can't just do it. You couldn't get a four-year-old to do a pirouette, like you said, unless it's spooking, but or out in the field and having fun. But uh, to actually train them and, and, and control the music and get them strong enough to be able to sit in those movements takes years. And there's lots of exercises that we do from the start and to build them up and to get them stronger and and uh, develop them to be able to perform the, the highest movements. Would you say, because you've, you've have, don't you have quite a few horses? Well, I've, I've currently got four horses um, mm. and I've trained, I've trained four up to Grand Prix so far. Wow. I say so far because I'd like to obviously You want to keep more. going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not retiring yet. I'm not so. retiring now. <laughs> no way. I've already oh. just started on my journey. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what age would you start looking at the canter pirouettes? Well, I think, uh, so my six-year-old now, he's training towards canter pirouettes. And when I say that, I mean, I'm doing the exercises on big circles to, to develop his strength. So he will do... Um, Travers, which is uh, like quarters in. It's like a half pass on a circle, mm. going sideways around a circle with the bend, the bend going in the same direction. So he'll learn, he's learning currently a little bit of uh, that work on a circle. I've got a really good tip for that, Hayley, is going past cars. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, we're sideways. really good at Travers going past cars <laughs> yeah. sideways. Yes. Haven't quite got it into the school yet, but... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. There is. I mean, well, hacking is great for doing things like that because you can actually, you know, you teach them sideways movements. So, do you? Do you? That's interesting, actually. Do you? Do you? What do you do when you're hacking? Um, I, I mean, in terms of the percentage of you schooling as opposed as opposed to hacking, would you yeah. say you you do more one one more than the other? And how do you use the hacking to benefit your schooling and vice versa? So I used to hack quite a lot, uh, but with all the cars and the roads getting a lot busy, and we live on main road it's got a lot more difficult to take them out on the road so mm. I actually go out into our fields um, and we've got quite lucky we've got a long a long three acre field and I do cardio out there I do sideways movements I teach them flying changes out in the field I teach them to do extended trots or medium trots which I tell a lot of my students who are you know trying to build up their horses medium paces I say go in a field and and just trot them and teach them that they've got another pace in there um and I used to uh set up an arena out on the grass as well and and go through tests because my arena at home is not a full size so really yeah so it's useful to go out to the field and actually ride in a full size arena this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just is the size of the yard. I mean, um, everything's quite basic on the yard, I, but I, I give them the best that I can physically can and afford um but yeah so i've but i've managed to train four grand prix horses in my 25 by 48 sized arena so uh, amazing yeah, it just goes to, it goes to show you don't need a big posh arena to get there <laughs> <laughs> well what then I you say. give us hope <laughs> yeah yeah we were we were trotting puddles we were trotting oh, puddles yes. the other day yeah, yeah. that's like, like our pole puddles. work yeah, yeah. because because yeah. he goes jumps over them is that is yeah. that a because i've got a frisian cross gelderlander oh wow um but he's beautiful yeah uh, we'll never make it grand prix because you know we it's just yeah <laughs> <laughs> never gonna happen bless him i adore him Aww. but um but but he does have a, a, quite a few classical dressage traits that I see in horses. I see in dressage yeah. horses, um, you know, the high high head carriage, the really strong body, fabulous. Pa- I mean, he. I felt power the other day, like I've never felt before. It was literally <laughs> like being in a Ferrari and going from first to sixth. Yeah. And um, when you have that amount of power in a horse, how do you use that power? rather than losing control um, <laughs> but actually you know enhancing that and 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 using it for your up uplifting movements yeah um lots and lots of transitions i always oh. say make sure you've got an accelerator which is your leg aid make sure they're listening to leg aid and then definitely make sure you've got brakes which is uh the half halt that we use and I'm not talking about pulling on both reins and holding. I'm just talking about very subtle movements that we do to teach them to contain that power. Um, and the young horses, when you ask them to go forward, they do tend to grab hold of the bit and go, oh, well, I'm going, I'm going. And you teach them over the years just to come back to you, riding them forward, making sure they're going forward off the leg. And then the transitions, making sure that they're listening to the uh, seat and the, and the rain aids to bring them back. So then you can start containing containing some of that power to use in a positive way yeah that would be good wouldn't it because it's yeah. quite different I think between you want to have the power but we quite often feel out of con- well I feel out of control yeah um, <laughs> like actually the power is quite scary yeah so I spent the whole time going calm and relaxed calm and relaxed rather than yeah. going forward and from yeah. what I see when I've seen you ride and um I saw you at the Royal Windsor show last yeah. year and you were warming up you were so calm and relaxed you looked so elegant but you were moving I mean yeah. Ruben's night was 
forward and he had so much energy and I thought how can I get that without freaking out (laughs) (laughs) it it definitely is a scary thing when you uh, think how much horsepower you can have underneath you and uh, like you said earlier it can feel like a Ferrari um, which is Mm. what I feel all the time when I'm riding squeak because uh, that energy just wants to go forward. But, uh, you know, it is, in, it is important to make sure you, uh, if you tighten up, then they panic and they get faster and faster. So if you stay relaxed, then they would be more in tune to you and listening to your aids. Mm. Um, so it is really important when they start running is to just check them back with a little half halt and say, come back here. Mm. And, uh, you know, if they don't, then then a good thing to use, a good exercise is to, to do a 10 metre circle and just let the circle slow them down a bit so that you can then take that breathe time to just relax and uh, <laughs> make sure that you can uh, stay in control. <laughs> yeah, because like Charlie Unwin said, he's on the, he's part of the BEF World Class Programme, isn't he? He's a sports yeah. psychologist. And he said it's it's fight or flight, freeze or faint. Yes. And he said, yeah. um, you know, stop freezing or fainting because yeah. it's not, you can't do that when you're on a horse. No, <laughs> no, you can't. No. So, so your other horses then, you've, you've said you're training four, yeah. right up to Grand Prix level. The four that you have currently, are they all the all the ones that are at Grand Prix? No, they're not. No, I actually sold my first Grand Prix horse a few years back. Um, and uh, the other two, uh, one of them is, is 15, 16 now. So he's kind of semi-retired. Um, and unfortunately, I lost the other one last year, oh, which I'm is sorry. a bit of a shame there. It's fine. Um, and- what happened, Hayley? Oh, he just, he had an injury that just uh, got worse. He actually had arthritis in the end. Um, And he was, yeah, but an injury caused by something, which I won't say, but uh, yeah. And uh, ended up having a bad neck. So was, um, yeah, tripping quite a lot and was a bit unhappy. So had to have him put down, unfortunately. But he's gone to a better place. (laughs) That's the hardest decision as an owner to make is Mm, when is. is that right time for them? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to, because I knew he wasn't going to recover and he didn't want to stay out in the field. Um, He always wants to come in and have his hay and everything else. And I just thought, you know, he's not going to have a life, retired life, Um, you know, mine for one. And two, he just doesn't want to stay out in the field. He was big chestnut boy and was didn't like the cold or you know mm. liked a bit of sun but then decided it was much easier that he got given food rather than having to go forage it himself <laughs> so, yeah so yeah I had to make that decision but you know I, I felt it was for the best so um mm. you know it's it's obviously always hard but for him because we always do it for us we're thinking oh we want to keep them keep them alive you know because we'll feel really sad but at the mm. end they they don't know and obviously if they're not happy or going to have a happy life then I don't believe it's uh you know the right thing yeah Yeah. and and are they going to be in pain that's the that should be the big question is how should a horse really be being kept alive on butte in pain all the time no and it's like what's the best thing for the horse well I'm I'm sorry to hear that you went through (laughs) that um but I hope you had a big support network around you of course yeah yeah my family's hugely supportive of me and my husband and yeah I mean it was uh I knew it was the right decision, so I didn't hesitate, if that makes sense. So, mm. yeah, I got it straight in my mind. <laughs> and how involved is your husband? Is he a, you know, is he a horse <laughs> widower? Is he, does he come and support you? Does he groom? Or is yeah, he just, off no. you pop, Hayley, have fun, I'll see yeah. you on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he he's not horsey in the slightest. He We met at school many years ago, so uh, mm. it was the time that I'd just given up 
ponies to go traveling and I went traveling with him and and uh yeah and then got back into horses because I couldn't actually leave it alone um <laughs> and I think before all this time away I think he's just got used to it now I think he understands that okay yeah she's got to go and do, do her thing mm. uh but he has actually more recently now I'm going to some more exciting shows um he's come along with me a few times and he just watches and hands stuff to me if I need it. And yeah, but uh, no, he runs our uh, promotional merchandise business. So um, he's oh, in really? the office all day. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you did that. So you got another business as well whilst you're competing. Well, it's, a, it's a family business. So um, I, I, te- I don't tend to go in the office very much, but I do, you know, I get all the what's going on. Yeah, um, you get all the news the, over dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what do you do? Do you create, uh, do you create products? So it's, let's it's, say we uh, wanted jackets and things like that. You'd, you'd go and you'd make yeah, things? We, we used to do clothing, but we now tend to stick with soft toys. So um, bears and animals and uh, mugs, mouse mats, pens, things like that, just uh, for promotional businesses. So. Oh, amazing. For I want a whole load of horse hour stuff, yeah. please, Hayley. <laughs> I would like the flags and the big, you know, the big um, hands that you get when you go to <laughs> Oh, football games in America I want those but as horses <laughs> that might be a long shot <laughs> we can have I go Haley. we can have go Haley on one side and horse yeah. hour on the back yeah, I mean yeah. wouldn't that just that would just be total dressage etiquette wouldn't that it would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely make the test more interesting wouldn't it <laughs> oh my gosh that. yeah Haley, you can ride to put your hands up in the air and we can all put our hands up <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's an incentive to get a bit more, uh, what is it, hip-hop or <laughs> or pop? D- down with the kids, I think it Yeah, is. down with the kids. Okay. We'll say that oh, instead, down with the yeah. kids. Um, but there is there is yeah. a lot of etiquette with dressage. It isn't, yeah, is. you know, it's and and I love that's what I love about it so much is the heritage and the history and yeah. and almost a little bit of glamour with it. You you yeah. look so fabulous. The hair is beautiful. The nets. Um, what is it that you love the most, and what is it that you would quite like to do without that you'd like to change? Oh, crikey! Uh, in dressage in general, what is that mm. I love the most? I I think I love the the partnership and harmony with the horse um, and especially doing the dressage to music. I mean, that is my absolute favourite thing to do. It just, you know, you feel like you're dancing. You feel like you're in a ballroom with your horse and you're dancing. You've got your dancing partner and you're, yeah, just gliding. Just, it feels magical. It feels really magical. Um, that is definitely my favourite part of uh, what I do. What I could do without... I don't actually know, actually. I love, I love all of it. I mean, I was a little bit wary about all the bling coming in at the mm. very beginning because, it, <laughs> like you said, the dressage is very traditional and, you know, we always had our top hats or our plain crash hats and then our beautiful tails and, you know, the boots and things. And uh, now they've... I mean, I, I, lo- I love the bling now. I have um, some very nice bling, um, but I, I like it to be classy as so well. I don't like yeah. it all over and, and uh, now they've decided to uh, allow different color boots riding boots um yeah in the really? tests and yeah and I I think it's uh, a shame that they haven't stuck to the traditional black if I'm honest but that's just one little thing and to be honest I just wear what I want to so yeah. <laughs> I wear, you know I wear the traditional look so I love the traditional look about it it's yeah. just it's, it's it's renowned globally you know everybody yeah. looks so smart and and it reminds it's very very like the 1940s really yeah it's that kind of style isn't it you imagine yeah. you know people walking around with canes and yeah. uh, and their top hats 
But I do. I I love the coats, your tails so much mm. that yeah. um, I, I bought one. And I wore it once to an unaffiliated competition um, and everyone laughed at me, but I didn't care because I had all the gear and no idea and I just loved the coat so much. But I now wear it to meetings when I have meetings in London and no joke, Hayley, these people aren't in the equestrian industry and they say, I love your coat. Where did you get it from? I'm like, oh, it's fabulous. It's an equestrian coat. And they all want to buy one. (laughs) Oh, there you go. New fashion. New fashion. They don't even run. I'm like, <laughs> we should be wearing these coats all the time. Yes, that'd um, be brilliant. So can you tell me then about your new horses coming through? Yes. And yeah. your training regime for them. What, where do you see, what are your plans? Because we've got young horses, we've got old horses, yeah. and we need to know where we are in the training schedule and, and what we need to do to, to get where you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I currently have um, a five-year-old by Blue Hall Zach, um, who is 17-2 currently um and uh yeah i mean he he's going to be an amazing horse so he's he's still starting out he's a little bit uh green because uh he's had to have time to grow into his body because <laughs> he's quite leggy so um yeah i'm very excited about him he's uh but he's training at about novice level so he's very very much at the start of his career um and then i have hector who's uh my, I call him little, my little 16 too, um, who we call the Barbie pony. He's kind of, he's got such a personality. <laughs> so yeah, he's six years old and he's training towards advanced medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will be campaigned later on this year at advanced medium and hopefully next year it's pre St. George. And fingers crossed, both of those will come up behind squeak and uh, be my next international horse. Um, Although I'm hoping to keep uh, Squeaks running for, well, until the next Olympics. That is that is still my aim, is to get to the Olympics. I was so close last time, so I'm still going to gun for it, uh, all being well. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's quite exciting to have two really nice horses coming up behind. And, and the other one's my um, Grand Prix horse, uh, my national Grand Prix horse, who will potentially come back out again this year. So, oh, how fabulous. Well, and so, how yeah. lovely to have them at different levels. Yes. So you're challenging your own, your, your own challenges are different at each point as well for each horse that you ride. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone a few years now with, uh, before I got the, the two youngsters, I had a bit of a gap where I was just riding my advanced horses that I trained up for youngsters. And I was thinking, oh God, have I still got the knack to do this? You know, I still, <laughs> can I still do it, train them from the two three-year-olds but uh to be honest like riding a bike you don't you don't lose that sort of um knowledge that you you Mm. gain to be able to do it so uh yeah fingers crossed they can they stay happy fit and healthy and we can uh they can continue yeah my international career so yeah (laughs) Are are you away a lot do you spend a lot of time abroad i i have done recently yeah i mean um normally you campaign the summer and I, I go abroad um, to compete. Um, but I've actually done the winter season this time. So I've been away. I could be away sort of two weeks out of the month, uh, mm. which is quite a lot. And then I have to fit and teach. as well. I do a lot of clinics and, uh, yeah, and obviously pass on my knowledge to people. Mm. Um, and they're, they're pretty busy, which is great. Um, I also go over to Finland to teach. Wow. So, yeah. Why, it's, why it's Finland? Quite I was asked to go over there. I mean, they saw me compete and they said, could I go over and do some clinics? So, and I've also taught in Australia 
where my uh, in-laws are. My in-laws uh-huh. live in Australia, so uh, go over there for a holiday and do a bit of teaching while I'm out there. So. Amazing. Do you ever yeah. take the horses with you? Obviously not to Australia, but if you go into clinics in other countries. Uh, no, no, because they, they travel enough. So they have, it's only, a, it only ends up being a two-day clinic. So um, they mm-hmm. just have a little holiday in the field for two days and then, uh, yeah, back riding I think, them again. I think webinars are the way forward. I think, yeah. you know, <laughs> clinics on a webinar, you know, a couple of people can bring yeah. their horses to your yard and then you can put it out to those people because the amount that you're away and competing, there just aren't enough hours in the day. And we no. all want to lap up this knowledge yeah. and we all want to learn, but you just don't have enough data. No, I mean, it's, yeah, my my career has changed over the past few years. I mean, I used to do individual, a lot of individual teaching um, and now I'm more clinic based and it's great because then I don't have to travel so much. That saves a lot of time on my part so I can ride my horses more and I can, Mm. you know, run, uh, run my teaching business alongside it as well, which obviously helps fund the horses. Yeah, Um, of course. So, yeah, I mean, I manage, it It has to be planned, but, uh, yeah, managing, <laughs> juggling everything can be quite hard, hard work. Oh, I, but, bet. Uh, yeah. I bet, and I bet Getting your grooms that. are quite helpful with that. Yeah, well, I have I have one, one groom, um, and then a temporary one that comes in, but my mum and dad have been such a huge, huge help over the years. Um, based, I'm based at where I was brought up, so that's really nice, and they've been a huge help and very much part of my journey mm. um, of where I am now, so... Yeah. So where can we see you this year then? I, I, I want to know where I can see you on all four horses because we can learn. <laughs> all four. You, yeah, we can learn from you riding like in the novice yeah. section. We can say, yeah. oh, okay, this is where this horse is at. Yeah. And then are you going to the winter, is it the winter regionals? I'm not, I haven't, April? to be honest, I haven't had a chance uh, this winter to qualify the younger ones for the winter championships because I've been away with Squeak so much. So um, he's taken up a lot of my time. Um, so this summer I am hopefully going to compete at Windsor again um, on Lovely. Squeaky and then be part of the Nations Cup team in France at Compiègne again. That would, mm-hmm. that would be my sort of goal. But then he's going to have a, a month of just training and I'm hopefully then, fingers crossed, I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to bring the other two out in June July time and one will probably go out at prelim novice level and the other one hopefully Hector hopefully uh medium advanced medium uh depending on where that's by then so yeah it's, it's it's going to be an exciting year to bring the bring the youngsters be- up behind. So, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> How can we follow you? you? You're on Twitter, aren't you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, Twitter handles WG Dressage. The Instagram at WG Dressage. And on Facebook, you can follow me. It's Haley Watson Greaves at WG Dressage, and there you'll find all our journey of our competitions. Mm. So, I yeah. love it. I'm looking at your photos, Haley. While you're while you're doing that, I'm having a look at your photos, and I, I have to ask, how do you get the the front legs when you're doing your stunning extended trot? How do you get the front legs so high and get so much lift? That's that's all him. Is it? Is that his yeah. breeding? Yeah. Well, do you know what? When he was young, he used to do an extended trot by just flicking his toes. He did not have that lift. Um, and then I started teaching him a bit of uh, passage, which is mm. the, the collected trot. Um, and since that day, this extended trot suddenly appeared. It was almost like he found this extra stride he had. And I couldn't believe it. When I first sort of saw it in the mirror, I got so excited. I called out <laughs> to my mum. I was like, oh, my mum, look at this, mum, look at this. <laughs> my God, look, his legs are coming. But it just, it was just, you know, years of developing uh, his paces, teaching him that, 
he didn't just have to trot like a pony. He did actually have several different trots in there, which is the same as all horses. You know, they've got to be taught that they can do a, you know, working trot, a collected trot, a passage, uh, extended trot, medium trot. They don't know that. So, yeah, it's just in the training and, uh, yeah, just got strong enough and suddenly these legs started uh, appearing in front of me. Oh, <laughs> I make beautiful. it sound <laughs> so simple, but yeah, it does take years of hard work and, and training. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to do this afternoon. I'm going to go and plait Black Jack's mane, have a little <laughs> word with him. And then, <laughs> and then take him for a trot around the field, and then say, "Come, buddy, you know you've got more trots than you. <laughs> Let's find your flicking yeah. trot. Yes. <laughs> find your flicky toes." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brilliant, Haley. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I, Thank I'm you really for looking. Me. I'm really looking forward to watching your journey this year, and you know, leading up to the 2020 Olympics. Yeah, just doing so well, um, and. I'd love to stay in touch if possible. Of you know, course. Maybe if you have time, maybe we could come and visit you at your yard one day and meet Rubens Knight and meet your yeah. team. Of course, yeah, you're more than welcome. That'd be great. Thank you. Okay, well, we can follow you on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and uh, we'll see you very soon. Thanks, Hayley. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Haley's sponsored by some fabulous brands, including Top Spec, Supreme Products, who make Rubens Knight look so stunning all the time, Siren Sester Saddlers, Petri, Stroud Saddlery, Ideal and WRS, Stockpin and Filthy Beasts Horse Rug Laundry. And if you'd like to follow Haley's story or just maybe look at a few pictures of them together, then head to our website, wgdressage.co.uk. Now you can hear more episodes of the Horse Hour podcast via our website, which is horsehour.co.uk. And you can also download on iTunes and Acast, Stitcher and Player FM. Super easy. Just hit the subscribe button and each episode is automatically downloaded to your mobile phone. They are available both on iPhones and Android. So there's no excuse to not listen to the amazing riders that we have on and uh, the veterinary advice as well. I really look forward to speaking to you every Monday on our Horse Hour Twitter networking hour. You just pop on over to Twitter, type in hashtag Horse Hour whenever you write a tweet and you can see all the conversations and take part in everything else that's going on around the world. So equestrians from all over the world get together and talk to each other and you know it could be that you want to share a bit of advice, maybe you'd like to ask for some advice or you just want to pop on a new photo of your gorgeous pony. Whatever it is, the community are amazing and we want to follow you on your journey. So um, do get in touch. I hope you've had a lovely Easter and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.